Chapter 20 of The Life of St. Gerard Magella. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Emerson Wells. Life of St. Gerard Magella by Rev. O. R. Vassal Phillips. Chapter 20 The Deathbed of a Saint. The last ten days of St. Gerard's life, stretched on a bed of intense pain, were days of great suffering, but of perfect conformity to the divine will. They were spent in unbroken communion with God. When at last his weakness made vocal prayer difficult, he begged the lay brother who was with him as infirmarian to suggest acts of resignation, of love, and above all of contrition, that he might at least follow them in his heart. This brother one day asked him, if he had any scruples or temptations now that the end was so near. Gerard replied without hesitation that he had through life ever kept our Lord in view in all his actions. He said that he had no other desire than to do God's will in everything, and that therefore he now died in peace and free from anxiety. On October 12th, three days before his happy death, he was suddenly wrapped in ecstasy and heard to cry out with great joy, I see our blessed Father Latessa entering heaven. Father Latessa, we may here state, had died only eight days before. This was the last time that the secrets of paradise were unveiled for Gerard's eyes, this side of the grave. The day after this vision was rendered noteworthy by a most consoling favor. A distinguished ecclesiastic had come to see him, together with his old friend Don Joseph Salvatore, the physician from Oliveto. They brought with them a young peasant to whom they had promised that he should see a great servant of God. When they arrived at the convent, all three went upstairs to the sick room. Notwithstanding his curiosity, the young villager did not venture to go in, but stood shyly at the door, where Gerard could not possibly see him. The holy brother knew, however, at once that a stranger was there, and had called him inside. Astonished at hearing himself summoned by name, the lad went in and glanced at first with a certain timidity at one whom he had heard described as a saint. Then he grew bolder and cast his eyes round the room. They soon fell upon a harp which chanced to be there. He had never seen anything of the kind before and was evidently puzzled at the meaning of the object. St. Gerard noticed the surprise with much amusement and asked him to play them something. Everyone laughed at this proposition, but Gerard insisted. At last he induced the boy to place his fingers on the instrument, when, lo, sounds of the most ravishing music were heard at once. Asked how he could thus play untaught, the young countryman owned, that whilst he touched the harp, his fingers seemed to obey some irresistible direction. Surely we may well believe that it was an angelic visitant who enabled our saint thus to receive a foretaste of the celestial harmonies. The harp which had given forth these heavenly strains to gladden St. Gerard's gentle spirit, lingering yet on the shores of earth, was carefully preserved in the family of the Santorellis, who had loved him so well and so faithfully. Two days later, on the feast of his great patroness, St. Teresa, Gerard was to give up his soul to God. That morning, very early, he received a visit from his faithful medical attendant. My dear doctor, he said on seeing him, 
mind you recommend me today with all your heart to St. Teresa, and go to Holy Communion for me, that he might keep a souvenir of this his last communion before his eyes even to the end, after he had again received the Holy Viaticum, he asked for the corporal on which the Blessed Sacrament had just rested, and placed it on his heart, where it remained until all was over. He then plainly stated that he would die before midnight. Today, he said, you are having a recreation day in honor of St. Teresa. Tomorrow you will have another. To understand this prediction, we must know that the Feast of St. Teresa is one of the recreation days assigned to the Redemptorist communities by their rule, while St. Alphonsus wished that the day after a death should also be always observed as a day of recreation in the house where it occurred. The Holy Founder tells us that though we must naturally grieve for the loss of the brothers whom we have loved during the years of our religious life, still we should rejoice supernaturally at the thought that they have fought the good fight and that their labors past they have now gained the beautiful crown which to quote his own words he assures us that jesus has prepared for those who live in observance and die in the congregation saint gerard then knew well that the next day the community would be rejoicing in the lord as his happy passage to him whom not having seen he had ever looked in whom always though he had seen him not he had believed that he might rejoice with joy unspeakable and glorified receiving the end of his faith even the salvation of his soul help me put on my habit brother he said to the infirmarian who was attending him for i shall die to-night i wish to say the office of the dead for my own soul as the solemn hour drew near when he was to appear before the dread tribunal of eternal justice, his humility was more and more clearly marked. He was ever repeating the most heartfelt acts of contrition, in accents of tendermost love that brought tears to the eyes of all who heard him. Shortly before the end he raised himself up and repeated the miserere, after each verse repeating the touching words of the royal penitent. Tibi soli peccavi et malum coram, te feci a peccato meo munda me. Against thee only have I sinned, and done evil before thee. Do thou cleanse me from my sin. Thus do the saints prepare for the first sight of Jesus Christ, their sovereign judge. The exact moment of his departure had been revealed to him. In the evening he asked the time. On being told that it was six o'clock, he said that he had just six more hours to live. At this moment the doctor came into the room. Notwithstanding his patient's great weakness, Santorelli did not think the end so near, and even fancied that he seemed a little better than he had been in the morning. As he was leaving, Gerard, contrary to his usual custom, asked him to remain, but as he said that he had other sick people to visit, the saint did not press him further. Next day the good doctor was much distressed. He understood then, when it was too late, that the wonderful brother had wished him to be present at his last moments. Towards seven o'clock a messenger arrived from Oliveto. The archpriest was in difficulty about a chapel 
that was being built in his parish in honor of Our Lady of Consolation. There was something the matter with the lime kiln. He wrote to ask Gerard's prayer that all might go well. The Father Minister read the letter in Gerard's presence before he said a word as to its contents. The saint said quietly, Tell the archpriest to shake some of the dust from the tomb of St. Teresa, which I will send him over the lime kiln. The accident that he anticipates will then be warded off. The archpriest did as was advised by St. Gerard, and Our Lady's chapel was built without any further mishap. No one seeing the keenness of perception and perfect possession of all his faculties, which he still enjoyed, would have imagined the agony to be so near. About eight o'clock he seemed momentarily disturbed, and said several times very earnestly, O oh my God, where art thou? O oh my Lord, show thyself to me. The brother who was with him asked him if there was anything that disturbed his conscience. Why do you speak to me of disturbance of conscience? he replied quickly. Shortly afterwards the same brother said to him, My dear brother, we have always loved one another. Will you remember me in the presence of God? How could I ever forget you? answered Gerard. Between ten and eleven o'clock he fainted away. On coming to himself he appeared very much agitated and cried out, Quick, brother, quick! Drive away those wretched creatures. What are they doing here? The brother could only conjecture that they were evil spirits allowed for his greater merit to take their last fruitless onslaught of the dying servant of God. The trouble, whatever it may have been, lasted but a few moments. Very soon his countenance regained its wonted calm, and suddenly kneeling on his bed, he exclaimed, Behold the Madonna, let us pay her homage. Our Lady had doubtless willed in her loving-kindness to give her faithful child a foretaste of heavenly bliss. She, the beauteous dawn that ever heralds the rising of the sun of justice, would thus gladden that chamber, dark with death, by the brightness of her coming before the breaking of the perfect day. It was the answer to a lifelong prayer. Jesus had visited him in the morning in the most holy viaticum, and now his mother Mary was by his side. Death was not death for Brother Gerard. It was rather a sweet repose, of falling to sleep on the sacred heart of Jesus, beneath the smile of the gentle Virgin Mother, as we think an end to life's hard battle as this of Gerard, the aspiration rises almost involuntarily to our lips, that we may learn with him so to love Jesus and Mary, here below, that in our time of greatest need Jesus and Mary may be with us as they were of old with their servant Gerard. About half an hour before midnight he asked for something to cool his throat. The infirmarian went for some water, but as the refectory door was locked he was away for some little time. On his return he found the saint facing towards the wall and thought that he was sleeping. A few minutes afterwards he saw him turn round and heard him give a deep sigh. Then he knew that the last agony had already commenced. The father minister was summoned at once, and arrived just in time to give absolution to the holy brother, as his soul was passing away, to God who made it. The community, reassured by the doctor, had gone to rest as usual after night prayers. Thus was fulfilled St. Gerard's earnest prayer, that he might be conformed to the image of his Lord, even to the end, and might pass away almost alone, uncomforted by any words of human consolation. He was in the thirtieth year of his age, 
in the seventh of his religious life, having been professed only a little more than three years. It was on the feast of St. Teresa, in the year of 1756, that Gerard died. His feast is now kept on October 16th, the day after the anniversary of his happy and glorious death. End of chapter 20